So, number nine UCLA is coming to Autzen Stadium for a top 10 showdown on Saturday. What are the advantages and disadvantages, which there are quite a few of, playing the Bruins this week for the Ducks? Here we go. You are Locked On Ducks, your daily podcast on the Oregon Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, it is that time once again for Locked on Ducks. I'm your host, Spencer McLaughlin, D1 play-by-play broadcaster and lifelong Oregon Ducks fan. Thank you for making Locked on Ducks your first listen or your first view of the day. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your number one source to stay up to date with the Oregon Ducks, which is why if you haven't already, please like, comment, subscribe wherever you're listening to or watching the show. I very much appreciate all of you out there who have done so already. I also continue to appreciate all of you out there who send in mailbag questions. I love doing mailbag questions because I love having you feel like you're a part of the show because you are, because without all of you glorious people out there, there would be no show. It would just be me sitting here talking into a laptop camera, and that's just not as exciting. I love having you all be a part of it. So if you ever want a question answered here on the show, you tweet with the hashtag AskLODPod or you DM me at Smalls underscore 55 or at Locked on Ducks. Those are the two Twitter handles where you can find me. Twitter mentions or DMs. Both are wide open. You can also hop in the YouTube comments, which is where Animoli Marty McFly comes back in for another question. One of my favorite names to read here on the show. Hey, Spencer, question to consider for the next podcast, that being this one. I don't think I'm talking just for myself in saying this. I don't know much about UCLA other than the coach and the quarterback. What advantages and disadvantages do we have going into the game, both on offensive and both on offense and defense is what he meant to say. Knowing this will help me watch the game, having realistic expectations. Go Ducks. And I appreciate you. I appreciate you too, my man. So first thing to know here about UCLA, a team that I've watched a lot of and covered all season long over on Locked On Pac-12, which I host, if you didn't know, where we get your podcasts and on YouTube is where you can find that show. But this UCLA team is distinctly different in a good way for the Bruins, than the teams of years past. Now, when Chip Kelly took over in 2018, it was understood that that was a rebuild, and he has been given time to get things turned around and heading in the right direction. And this season, everything seems to be coming together. They beat Utah for the first time. They've got a fifth-year quarterback in Dorian Thompson-Robinson. They play well on offense, and their defense is much improved. And that's the key. That's the key to UCLA this year. In the past couple of seasons, I think in 2020, what I noticed, UCLA, I think, went three and four, but they, you know, were a little bit overly aggressive trying to win games because it kind of seemed like Chip was just not really taking the season seriously because who was, but they're eight and four last year. They unfortunately didn't get to play a bowl game against NC State. Would have been a really, really good game in the Holiday Bowl, too. I always like the Holiday Bowl. I miss the days when the Holiday Bowl was the number two bowl for the loser of the Pac-12 championship game. but. Chip Kelly's got a new defensive coordinator. And in previous years, 2020 and then 2021, it's been all about offense. Because as we know very well, Chip is all about offense. He's not in on those defensive meetings. He's not paying much attention to that side of the ball. His teams have never taken on that sort of identity where they have a dominant defensive unit. They have always been offensively driven because that is how Chip wants to win football games. And it's how he's always won football games for the most part. Now, is this UCLA defense dominant? Are they great? Are they an elite unit? No, not entirely. But in the past couple of years, they hadn't been able to stop a JV high school football team. Fresno State went up and down the field in the Rose Bowl last year 
after UCLA got that big win against LSU and their defense was terrible. But Chip had a guy in Jerry Azanero who was his defensive coordinator who, by all accounts, is kind of a friend of his, or at least they've been colleagues on coaching staffs for a really long time, and he kept him around for too long. But this offseason, he made the switch. And they bring in Bill McGovern from the NFL, who's another guy Chip knows from his time, I believe, with the Eagles, which I'm pretty sure is where he came from. Regardless, he is doing a good job. So now what you have is not a game against UCLA, which you go in saying, well, if we just slow the offense down, we're going to be able to score a lot of points. Oregon should be able to score points. This game is at Autzen Stadium. Ducks are favored by about six, six and a half points as the line currently stands, which I think is about right, seeing as how they're playing at home and the way Oregon's played the last several weeks and who they've played and who UCLA has played. I think that's about right. I could understand maybe four or five, but it's in Eugene. So I think that's right about where it should be and right about where our expectations should be. But normally when you've been playing UCLA the last couple of years, you think, well, as long as we can just get a couple stops, their defense is going to be really poor. Their defense is going to be easy. Yeah, that's not the case anymore. This is a well-rounded UCLA football team. The biggest evidence that you need, or all the evidence you need, really, is a better way to put that, of that claim is that game against Utah. And the game before, which was also at home, against Washington. Going into the fourth quarter, Washington ended up making a comeback, but that Huskies passing offense that's been really good this year had 16 points. They'd picked off Michael Penix twice. He'd thrown one interception in the first four games. They picked him off twice, and then they allowed a couple of touchdowns in the fourth quarter, but going into the fourth, that was a 40-16 to ball game. Utah went into the Rose Bowl. They have a good offense. Look at what they just did to USC, whose defense had been playing pretty well. The Utes know how to score points, but they only scored as an offense 25 against UCLA. This defense is not dominant. It is not an old school USC, or I don't think it's even as good of a defense overall as Washington State. I think on the back end, aside from Stephen Blaylock, their safety, they don't have a ton of great playmakers, but Overall, they are much more well-coached. Their play calling on that side of the ball, which no one ever really talks about, is much smarter than it was a season ago and has been in the last couple of years. So you combine that with what we already know, what you probably already know, if you haven't watched or followed or heard anything about UCLA this year, and that's that they can score a lot of points because they can. They average on the year over 40 points a game, over 500 yards of offense, just like Oregon so far. They've been really good. And they move the ball in Utah. And the thing that they present offensively that is such a challenge is they are very multiple, but they know what they are. Chip wants to run the football, wants to set up play action, but when they need to go to a straight drop back passing game, they can. And they can do that because Dorian Thompson Robinson is a very different player from the last time the Ducks saw him even a year ago. He's much improved from that point. And the first time the Ducks saw him, I think actually was last year because they didn't play in 2020. He was hurt for that particular game. And Chase Allen was the quarterback in in Eugene in front of an empty Autzen Stadium. But last year, DTR, I think I thought was good. He had progressed from what he was when he got into college as a freshman. But still, this year on third down, they've been great. And throwing the ball, not off play action. They've been great. And he's making some high-level throws. 
high, high-level throws. That combined with an NFL-caliber running back in Zach Charbonnet, who is really good. He does everything. Catches passes. He'll pass protect. He runs it between the tackles, outside the tackles, make you miss, run you over. Literally the complete package. NFL-caliber guy. Probably the best all-around running back in uh, the conference right now. One of the best in the country, in, in my view, from what I've seen. And I watch a good amount of college football. But the defense for UCLA this year, averaging 23 points a game and their offense over 500 yards a game, paints a different picture for what these Chip Kelly UCLA teams have been in the last few years. Inflation is painting a different picture on our wallets because from cringing at the pump to getting an eye-popping check at our favorite restaurants, inflation is hitting us all where it hurts. And it really really hurts. That's why I started using Upside, an incredible app for anyone who does things like buys gas, groceries, dines out, those sorts of things. With every purchase, I'm earning cash back thanks to Upside. To get started, download the free Upside app. Use my promo code LOCKED and get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. Next, claim an offer for whatever you're buying on Upside. Check in at the business, pay as usual, the credit or debit card, and get paid. It's that easy. That's why they've got a 4.8 star rating on the app store. Download the free upside app. Use the promo code LOCKED to get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. That's $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more using my promo code LOCKED. So the other challenge that, that UCLA presents here is when you look at their defense, which is much improved as I've been talking about, Oregon's offense this year has done a tremendous job with Dillingham and Nix and all the weapons we've been talking about for the last few weeks of being balanced. And through the air, I think Bo Nix is going to have to be a little better than what we've seen the last couple of weeks, just being a little sharper because Arizona's defense is not going to put up that much resistance. Only threw for 160 against Stanford. That's not going to fly because Oregon has run for over 300 yards in each of its last two games against Arizona and Stanford. You're not going to do that against this UCLA defense. You can run the football better than other teams have, at least statistically, because UCLA's stats are skewed a little bit with a soft non-conference schedule. But I watched that Washington game. The Huskies struggled to run the football. I watched that Utah game. It was not easy sledding for the Utes offense, including on the ground. They had more success through the air. So whereas to this point in the season, Oregon has wanted to be kind of 55 to 60% run pass. It might have to be inverted if that UCLA run defense shows up. But this is going to be the biggest test for the Bruins they've had defending a ground attack so far because that Oregon offensive line, as we know, is ridiculously good, probably the best overall in the Pac-12. And we've got a bunch of running backs, and it's a really, really strong rushing attack. And you, of course, can't forget about Bo Nix. But is Oregon going to be able to just run for 300 yards and still put up over 40 points and just ask, ask Bo Nix to do a few things here and there? I don't think that that's how this game will play out. I think what you're going to need is Bo Nix to be in the high 200s to 300 passing yards area and then supplement that with you know, 150 or so rushing yards. If Oregon runs for 200 rushing yards in this game, it's really impressive, number one. And number two, kind of a padlock stat as Josh Pate would say for yeah Oregon's going to be able to win the game because if you take away what UCLA does well defensively then they're kind of left out in dust and they have struggled defending the the passing attack this year uh they much like the Ducks 
who are allowing the most passing yards per game this season in the Pac-12. A slightly misleading stat in my view, but still indicative of where that side of the ball needs to improve. I think offensively, Oregon will be able to run the ball. Just not I, I just because I haven't seen any team come even close, including Georgia, by the way. Ran for 135 yards against Georgia. Even if we accept the premise, which I, I do to an extent, that that UCLA run defense is stout. Do we think they're as good as Georgia, top to bottom? The answer is no. Well, we ran for four and a half yards of carrying 135 total against the Bulldogs. Oregon's a better offense now with a more experienced, developed play caller in Kenny Dillingham. So do I expect them to be able to hit at least 150? Yeah, I, I think that I think they will. It's just not going to be quite as easy, which is why Bo Nix will be called in, in into action, I think, a little bit more. So is that a challenge? Not necessarily. It's not that we haven't seen him do it before. I mean, Washington State might have the best all-around defense in the Pac-12, and Bo Nix tore him up for 400 or more yards. I don't think Oregon necessarily would need that, but they, they've been susceptible to allowing some air yards, so I think it might be an area of the offense that has to be a little bit more potent than it has been in the last few weeks. Now, those are the challenges for Oregon offensively and an advantage as well defensively. Oregon this year has not been good on third down. We know that. What I was talking about with UCLA and, and why they've been able to put it all together to this point in the season and why they've been playing such great football has been Dorian Thompson-Robinson. Fifth-year quarterback, much better player from the pocket, Runs when he needs to, doesn't run just to run, but is also a ridiculous athlete. Charbonnet's really good, but they've been otherworldly on third down to this point. 59%, and go ask any Washington fan, that game was lost because the Huskies, from the first quarter to the very last drive, when the Bruins iced the game with a third and six conversion, could knock it off the field on third down. DTR is making good reads. His offensive line is giving him time. He has good weapons. He's got a running game. So you have to respect the threat on like a third and three or four that they're going to put it on the ground because his legs are such an option in the running game too. There's a lot of reasons. There are a lot of reasons. I hate English so much. I really do. Um, there are a lot of reasons why they've been good in that situation. And that is an area that, that concerns me. That, that is probably my biggest area of concern. How does Oregon get off the field on third down? You want to talk about padlock stats? If you tell me the Ducks can keep the Bruins under 50% converting third downs, heck, if they could keep them under 40% and do something amazing that they haven't really done this year, they'd be in a great spot. They'd be in a great, great spot. I don't think we've seen a defensive showing like that on third down since maybe Stanford or, or BYU. I'd have, I'd have to double check the numbers, but... They've been really, really good in that area. UCLA has, and it's not a mystery as to why. They've got a smart offensive mind who's coached more than a few games. Chip is still the play caller, and he and DTR are working to take five years together. This is their fifth year together. They have been doing this for a long time. So half the time, DTR probably already knows what play Chip is going to call, or he's probably got two or three in his head that he knows Coach Kelly's going to choose from. He hears one, and boom, it's all clicking for him, right? Everything about this offense has been firing on all cylinders this season. They run it when they need to. They can convert on third down. They can go straight drop back passing. They're not relying on play action, but they're very good at play action as well. They do a lot of things at, at a really high level. It's why they're 6-0. It's why they're the number nine team in the country. It's why they had a 17-point lead late in the game against Utah. 
And then Dorian Thompson Robinson threw a pick six that didn't even matter. That was essentially a 17 point. Well, like if UCLA goes and runs out the rest of that clock and the final score of that game is 42 to 25, does that make you feel even more scared of the Bruins? Because that's basically what it was. Like that was not actually a 10 point game. UCLA, it was competitive throughout, but the Bruins were in control and the Utes were not able to stop them. And Utah's defense got exploited last week against USC, but Oregon's defense has been vulnerable at times. And so how are they going to be able to get off the field more than Utah was able to? I don't know. That's up for Dan Lanning and Tosh Lupoy and all the guys on that side of the ball to figure out because UCLA is going to bring it. And the other thing that you're going to see from Dorian Thompson Robinson, if you haven't watched him play, and just on a personal level, I love this guy. I really do. He has stayed committed to a football program that doesn't prioritize football, right? They have to bus to their their stadium. The fans don't show up a lot. They're second fiddle to USC in Los Angeles. They don't recruit at a high level. They don't have a rich history, anything like that. He came in, was ridiculously raw, struggled a bunch, and he was there. He like You can see the emotion on his face when he plays that this is the season he's been waiting for. And he showed it last year too, but he has stayed committed to UCLA football because he wanted to grow with the program. And he has been the catalyst along with chip leading them to the point where they're now a legitimate PAC 12 contender here in 2022. But going to the, the Bruins just a little bit more, the, the strength of their team, though they throw the ball exceptionally well, and this is going to be a tough matchup, or a, a great matchup, I should say, because Oregon's run defense has been so prolific this year, even against good offensive lines with capable backs and a mobile quarterback like BYU had. They were able to keep the Cougars in check. Um, they they do a really good job, UCLA does, of running the football, but keeping you on your toes. Because Dorian Thompson-Robinson, for those of you who haven't watched him, is an absurd athlete. I'm talking a Mariota-level athlete. That's not an exaggeration. Mariota probably has more straight-line speed, but DTR will hurdle guys regularly, and he's got mad hops, and his agility and his little juke moves are at the very least comparable, if not a little bit more fluid even than what Mariota had. I'm, I'm not kidding when I say that. And so Chip Kelly has the perfect guy to run his offense back there. Because it's not a one-dimensional, you know, quarterback is not a threat to run. No, it's still the Chip Kelly offense you mostly remember. Every now and then they will go under center and introduce some NFL concepts. You know, they'll motion a wide receiver, have him lead block up into the hole like McVay does with the Rams. But for the most part, it's a steady diet of Dorian Thompson-Robinson and Zach Charbonnet. That's where the offense starts. It's not where it stops because if you take away UCLA's running game, I'm confident in what DTR can do through the air. Aziki's a good tight end who replaced Greg Dulcich, who got his first NFL tight end earlier tonight on, on Monday Night Football for the Broncos. Jake Bobo has been going absolutely berserk for the last couple of weeks. And the other wide receivers the Bruins have are highly, highly competent. So when I look at what Oregon has to be able to defend, it's just a lot. It's just a lot because UCLA knows how to get the ball to number one and 24. That's DTR and Zach Charbonnet. And they're the feature point of the offense. You could know it's coming, but their offensive line is solid. And those two are just really good football players. There's no other way to look at it. 
even if you know it's coming, you could have a guy in position. If Jamal Hill is filling from the secondary down to take the quarterback away on the read option, DTR will run right around him. He'll probably run around Bennett Williams, too. He could run around Bossa or any of Oregon's linebackers. We saw that last year. There are guys who are there ready to make a play in space. He's just too fast. And if you want to go fast and safely, of course, you might want to check out Nissan because they've got an amazing lineup of cars. And our partners at Nissan have worked with us to create a new segment across the Locked On College Network titled Thrilling Moments, where we highlight the most exciting play from Oregon's game over the weekend or throughout the history. Frankly, this week's thrilling moment from the Ducks over the weekend is... Wait, Spencer, they didn't have a game. How can you have a thrilling moment if there was no game? I'll tell you what. The moment that I saw the tweet that college game day, coming to your city, as they say, as close as I'll ever get to singing here on the show, was the thrilling moment. Because game day hasn't been there for four years, since 2018. And Oregon is squarely in the national landscape conversation in college football when it comes to being a potential Pac-12 playoff team. It's possible. I don't think it's particularly likely, but it's nice to be in that discussion and have the relevancy nationally and the attention of media members to where game day is coming out. And it's a big game and it's a big showdown. And man, I was thrilled to see that over the weekend. And that is your Nissan thrilling moment. This segment has been inspired by the thrilling new designs featured across Nissan's new lineup of vehicles. Pursue what thrills you in the all new Frontier Armada or Pathfinder today, available now at NissanUSA.com. So the other strengths for UCLA is our <laughs> other strengths. I really got to work on my English. I'm so picky about it, too, with other people. The fact that I'm just not that good at it is astonishing in, in one sense and not surprising in another. But the experience of Dorian Thompson-Robinson, I wonder if Oregon's going to be able to force a turnover from this guy. He used to be a turnover machine early in his career. Yeah, that's not the case anymore. Much like his counterpart for the Ducks, Bo Nix, right? Good Bo and bad Bo. Bo picks. I don't know. I watched him this year. He's made two bad throws. He's He's got three interceptions on the air, three or four, and he's made two bad throws. The pick six against Washington State and the pick against Georgia. That it's way, way in the past. Like, he's playing a great brand of football. So is DTR. And if you're not going to turn this UCLA team over, then you've got to be able to contain him somehow. But it's really hard. Because Bo Nix has a really high completion percentage this year. It's in the 70s. Yeah, Dorian Thompson-Robinson's is even higher. It's one of the best in the country. He's playing like a dark horse Heisman candidate. Bo Nix has played really well. DTR has been even better this year. He will do it with his legs. He will do whatever is asked of him by his head coach and his teammates. That's the sort of player that he is. And I love watching him play. I'm going to hate watching him play on Saturday. Because he's really hard to tackle in space, and he's a much more refined passer, which makes him an exceptional football player. But that guy being UCLA's quarterback, and the fact that Chip Kelly doesn't hide it, right? It's not like Herbert for a few years where we thought, man, why are we not using this guy a little bit more? You're not going to feel that way watching UCLA's offense, even though they will run the football. UCLA will run a lot of plays, but DTR will be involved. You have to watch for his legs in the red zone. He is so dangerous down there 
the way he can pull it out on the read option and get to the corner, it's really, really good. He usually makes the right read. Sometimes he'll force it, but even when he forces the pull where he takes the ball when he should maybe give it off to the running back, he's able to make it work because he's just so darn fast. That's just the kind of player that he is, and that is a big, big strength of their team. Defensively, the Bruins have mostly just improved schematically. They were very predictable with Jerry Azanero. They were always blitzing on third down, you know, very Wink Martindale style. And it just, they, they weren't very well coached with tackling and assignments, and they had a lot of blown coverages. They've cleaned up those areas, and then they added a guy in Liatu Latu. I hope I'm pronouncing that cor- correctly. Liatu Latu. Oregon is a team this year has 13 sacks. UCLA has 15 coming into this game. Latu, on his own, has six and a half to go with seven tackles for loss. He was recruited to Washington originally as a solidly, pretty highly rated four-star prospect. Had injury problems, but ultimately was able to get back onto the field. He's down at UCLA. This guy's a gem of a pickup. If he were on Oregon, he'd be their best pass rusher. Better than Brandon Dorless and better than DJ Johnson. He's not... He's a big guy, but he doesn't look on TV like a Kayvon Thibodeau or, you know, one of those guys who just pops off the screen. You don't notice him a bunch like a Jordan Scott. He will move around defensively and do a lot of different things. And he's a big reason the defense is so much better because he's how they create pressure. It's going to be a great matchup to watch Latu against this stout Oregon offensive line. That is what you call best on best. Like that scene in the blind side when the scouts uh, from from college programs are coming to watch Michael Orr and they say, hey, come on, best on best. That's obviously within one singular team. But Oregon's best is the offensive line. And defensively, Latu is the best that UCLA has. Now, outside of him, they don't create a lot of pressure or havoc plays consistently. They do it from time to time. But if you can contain number 15, I think that's a great place for Oregon to be. But that's where UCLA's defense has made a living this year. When you get in obvious passing situations, number 15 in baby blue is really, really good. And he's a tough guy to block. He's quick. He's fluid. He's got great strength. He can track a quarterback down. And he can play in a multitude of positions. That's the challenge that UCLA presents. And if that sounds like a lot, and if that worries you a little, it should. This is a really good UCLA team. The best Chip Kelly has had by far. Even though they had better offensive weapons with Kyle Phillips and Greg Dulcich a year ago, they have replaced those guys, filled the production. DTR's got great chemistry with with Jake Bobo and the rest of his receivers. He plays within the offense, does a lot of things really, really well for UCLA. And this is... Do, do not think of, I saw some stats about UCLA's had trouble beating Oregon. UCLA's doing this. And I will say, I like the Ducks on Saturday, but there's a very real challenge here. You cannot bring your B game the way they did to Washington State on the road and beat this UCLA team even at home. You cannot do it. That's a really good football team. And Oregon is a good football team. And this Saturday, they're going to have the chance to show just how good they can be. Appreciate everyone listening. See you next time. Have a wonderful rest of your day.
and go Ducks.